Thank you for listening to this message from Waynesboro Free Methodist Church. Our mission is to multiply faithful followers of Jesus Christ. We hope this message helps you along your journey. Good morning, church. How are we? Ooh, I love you guys. I'm glad you're here. If you could get your Bibles out, I want you to be in, let's see, where are we turning? Romans chapter 12. Oh boy, Romans chapter 12 is where I'd like for you to be in your Bibles. If you didn't happen to bring a Bible, there's one in the seat back right in front of you, maybe under your seat. Don't leave today without one if you don't own one. The one that in the seat back is our gift to you if you so choose. We have a bunch of them elsewhere as well, so don't leave today without God's word in your hands. So I'm excited for what we're starting today. It's gonna be really cool, and, and, and we're gonna be on it for a little while, on a journey. Um, but let me kind of start it all off with this. Um, do you guys remember, like this is, you know how we've updated a lot of our technologies to like subscription-based stuff? Like, like now you have to subscribe to some sort of channel to watch all its TV shows or HBO or, or Netflix, right? Or Amazon Prime. And, and, and that's all the video stuff. But then now there's this audio component of like you can subscribe to Spotify, right? How many of you have Spotify accounts at all? Anybody? Apple Music, right? Uh, Amazon Unlimited. Like you get all this stuff. Right, where, where we pay for subscription and, and you can uh, get all the access to any kind of music you want. And that's now how things were done. But do you remember before all of that when you actually owned a hard disc <laughs> or like a big black vinyl thingy? And then <laughs> vinyl, vinyl, that's the way to go. But then things updated and we. And along, Apple, along came Apple, and Apple brought into the picture what? iTunes. I grew up in the generation where iTunes became very prevalent, and you could go onto the store, and you could buy a single song for how much? 99 cents. And it didn't seem like much at all, right? Like you could just, oh, it's just, it's not even a dollar. <laughs> That's actually how I, I do my shopping, and it's terrible. <laughs> Anyways, so you just click and you're like, oh, now I own this song, right? And, 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 and then after a while, you, you just kind of spend hundreds of dollars, right? How many of you spent way too much compiling your music sound? Yeah, I did. I probably spent over two, $300 as a high schooler, right? Which is bad. But nowadays, all, of that you, all that you purchased is still in your what? It's still on your cloud, right? So you can, you can access that music anywhere, and earlier this week, I was driving, and I just I usually plug in my phone and, and, and go to, to, to drive to music or to podcast or something. And, and you know how sometimes your phone will just like say, hey, listen to this. Instead of you picking something, it just throws something out there. Well, it did that this week, and, and I was kind of surprised uh, because it started playing music that I had purchased back in high school randomly. And, and the first song that came on was... Uh, I don't know if I want to admit this. One Step at a Time by Jordan Sparks. And I listened to the whole thing unashamedly, right? It's a great walking song, if you know it. And then after that, some songs by like, uh, some hip-hop songs. I used to have a vast array of music preferences. Hip-hop songs by like Neo and Usher, right? Again, this is high school for me. Those came on. And then a little bit of Justin Bieber. 
Yeah, I know. I'm, none of y'all apparently are believers or believers, whatever it's called. And then, and then uh, Jonas Brothers, um, when you look me in the eyes, came on. And I was just kind of like, wow, this is kind of embarrassing that this was the music that I like, enjoyed. But then it got to some songs that I had purchased a long time ago, or at least put into my, my audio repertoire, that I actually am really just not willing to bring up to you because of how raunchy they were. And, and how they celebrated distortions of things that are really good. And I, I, I don't want to mention them, not because I'm afraid you guys are going to go run off and listen to them, but, but because they're just really wicked. And I can tell you this, that they, are, they used to be at the top of my playlist. They used to be the things that, that were, had the highest play counts in my iTunes. And, and I can look back, and, and I remember when I got to that point while I was driving, I was like, wow, God, you've really, like, I, I don't find any delight in this anymore. Thank you. Like, thanks for, for bringing me out of things like that. But you know, a lot of times when we talk about what it means to follow Jesus, we can kind of strip a lot of it down and boil it down to uh, like it being about like what songs you listen to and what songs you don't listen to. And, and making sure that you have your radio tuned to Spirit FM because that's the Christian thing to do. And, and, and you, 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 like the, the, the Christian thing to do is like, like stopping certain bad habits, like stopping cussing, right? Or stopping smoking, learning a, the new language of the Christianese, right? Like, like putting on these certain behaviors, taking off other behaviors. And, and we boil it all down to like certain signs. Like if, oh, they listen to that country radio station, clearly they don't love Jesus. And, and I think that's, is, is that really all that Christianity is? Like, what, what radio station you're tuning into? What movies you're not watching? Is that, is that all it boils down to? Like, certain behaviors? I mean, I, I, I would answer no. Absolutely not. It, it is part of it, but it runs much deeper than that. I mean, so, so some of the questions that I think we need to be asking is, what is God accomplishing in us? within us? What is, what is he doing? How is he doing it? How do we cooperate with him? And we have, like, as we have all sorts of questions in regards to the Christian life, and, and, and these kinds of questions and more are what we're going to be hoping to find answers to in the next, yes, 10 weeks in this series called Transformed. We kind of prefaced it last week, and I know last week was a little bit hard. There were some hard things to talk through there. And I'm apologizing if I scared you in any way. I love you and I'm for you in those things. But, but with this, we're, we're going to be spending the next 10 weeks talking about the Christian's formation. You may have heard it in the term of sanctification or spiritual formation, right? They're almost very similar. And what we're going to find out, as, uh, find out today and, and throughout this whole series is that we are a transformed people being transformed. And today we're going to find out specifically what that means to be transformed. And, and, and I'm going to just, again, give you the heads up that it's going to run a lot deeper than what radio station uh, you're tuned into and what movies you're watching. And, but I, I do believe that those things will change. 
but just not as the essential nature of Christian formation. So we're in, we're in Romans chapter 12, and we're kind of jumping right into the middle of a, of a big old book. There's several chapters in the book of Romans, and, and the, if we're on chapter 12, that means there's what? 11 chapters ahead of it. And I, I, just to give you some context, the first 11 chapters of the book of Romans are basically Paul just expounding in doctrine and theology on the redeeming work of God in the person of Jesus Christ. For all Gentiles and Jews specifically. And and so there's this lofty doctrine that Paul just spent a lot of time talking through in Romans chapter 1 through 11. And then we get to chapter 12, which is often titled the practical section. The practical portion of the book of Romans, where he takes all of this theology, all of this doctrine, and lands it into our lives. And it's really helpful. And so we can kind of see that transition at the beginning of verse 1. He says... Therefore, brothers and sisters, in view of the mercies of God, in other words, in view of everything that we've just talked about for these last 11 chapters, although he did not have chapter numbers in his letter, by the way, those were added many years later. For the last 11 chapters, for everything that we talked about, in view of all of those mercies, he commands us to offer up our lives as living sacrifices. This is your reasonable worship to God. It makes sense for you to worship God this way is what he's saying. So that's verse one. We know we're transitioning into the practical and we get to verse two and that's gonna be our main passage for today and it says this. Do not be conformed to this age but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may discern what is the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. This is the word of the Lord. So Ultimately, I'm just going to tell you, we're only going to talk through 10 of the words in this verse, right? We're going to spend all day talking about the 10 words, and and we're focusing in on two of the big key words, and and what do you think they are? They are conformed and transformed. Conformed and transformed. They're very similar in the English. They're very different in the Greek, okay? So we're going to spend some time talking about that, but But you can look at the words transformed and conformed, and and you can see what? There's a similar root, formed, that deals with morphology, the the structure of things, right? But they have different what? Different prefixes. I never liked English at all. In some ways, I still don't. Um, It's just a weird language. But I never was good in literature either. So prefix is kind of a a more modern term for me. (laughs) I didn't know it through high school. That's not because they failed me. I failed. But anyways... So we have the prefix con and the prefix trans, right? Conformed and transformed. And, and, and one of them has a negative command associated to it. One of them has a positive command associated with it. And first we're going to explore the negative. It says, do not be what? Conformed. Conformed. So do you know what that prefix means? If, if you know Spanish at all, or if you go to a Mexican restaurant, you know chili con carne, or chili con queso, right, whatever, it means what? With cheese or with meat, and you know you always order the meat. Con carne, anyway, so it's, it's talking about being formed with, with form, made to look like. So conformed in scripture, anywhere that it's used, it, there's, here we see that's a negative association, like do not be conformed, but but then also there's other places in scripture where it commends us to be conformed, right? So, so like in Romans 8, 29, it says that we are being conformed into the image of Jesus, which we'll talk about much more in depth in a few weeks. 
So the problem isn't necessarily with being conformed itself. The problem is what you are being conformed with, right? And in this case, it says what? Don't let yourself be conformed to the way of the world or this age. Some of your translations might just say, do not be conformed to the world. This age, right? So when the, the more literal, actual word is the age, this current age. And it's a, it's a time word associated with the cosmos, right? This current world, right? Guys, there's so much beauty in the world, isn't there? And you guys get, you guys get a good view of it, don't you? We, 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 where we live, we have an incredible view of how beautiful our world can be. You wake up, you look out, and you see mountains and sunsets. Oh, I love our neighborhood. We're kind of on the top of the hill in Fishersville, and, and at the very top of our neighborhood, you can see all the way, probably into West Virginia or something, and every night at five o'clock or so, you can see the sun setting, or whenever the sun sets now. Huh, apparently, that was back then. You can see the sun setting right over the mountains, and there's nothing in the way, and all the colors are radiant. And I'll stop and sit at that stoplight and I'll just see the sunset and it's beautiful. And I'll say, my dad made that. We can, we can see the beauty around us when the trees are changing color in the fall. We can see the beauty of this world in things like this, where we've got family, brothers and sisters coming together. We've got, we've got beauty in, in the warmth of friendship. There's beauty in the, the four-piece supreme combo from Bojangles. <laughs> Guys, beauty is all around us. And it's amazing. So when we're talking about don't be conformed to this age, how, this world is beautiful, right? I mean, God so loved the world, the cosmos, because it's so lovable, right? Well, I mean, why wouldn't we want to be conformed to this? This is where we're, we're going to leave the English and move into Greek, okay? And, and I know this may be a little bit higher, but, but I think it's important for us to know. So the Greek word here is siskamatso, siskamatso, and it means with appearance. You can see synonym is a, is a similar prefix, right, that, of like, but, but you see kamatso, which is dealing with the outer appearances of things. Right? It's to, to be with appearance or to look alike. And this Greek word deals more with the outer appearance of things. But you guys know, probably better than anyone, that, that can't things look better on the outside than they truly are? Can't, can't a marriage look really beautiful when they put on certain faces, but the nature of that marriage be so destructive and abusive in the home? It's... Uh, can't, can't the external appearance of things not correspond with the reality of what's within? You guys know the old adage, looks can be deceiving, right? So Greek philosophers, guys like Plato, ironically enough, would use this word to contrast it with truth or with reality. So this was sometimes used as an opposite of what is true in the Greek world. So let me give you an example. You guys know this guy in the Bible. His name is Satan. In 2 Corinthians, Paul talks about him doing this. 
This is the Greek word that he uses of Satan putting on the appearance of an angel of light. That's what this, that Greek word is used there. That he, he, on the outside, changes himself to look like an angel of light. But what do we know about his true nature inside? That he's dark and he's wicked and he's a destroyer. He disguises himself. Some of your translations in that 2 Corinthians passage says that he masquerades. He puts a mask on. We know his nature truly is wicked. So there's a sense where the outer can look different than what's truly within. And we know what's truly within is more of the reality than what's on the outside. And so we, we, we know other, where, other places in scripture where Paul says something like, you know, there, there are Christians who have the appearance of godliness, but totally deny its power. So they, they appear godly, but there's nothing within that is motivating that or powering that sort of Christianity. So yes, I think we can both agree, yeah, there's, there's beauty out there. There's incredible beauty in this world. But there's an inner nature to this current age that is depraved, that is fallen, it's broken, and it can make the beauty so deceiving. I mean, you, you, can we agree like, that the nature of this world isn't inherently good? If we're going to look from a biblical worldview and know that everything is still kind of Genesis 3 and it's waiting to be redeemed in Romans 8, right? We're still in a fallen, broken world and we can see it, right? We can feel it. Anytime you turn on the news, you get bombarded with it, right? We saw it happen this week. You still see it happening, right? Rockets flying across the border between Israel and Hamas, right? Brokenness. You see, Russian criminal groups cyber attacking gas lines. You can see broken or abusive homes due to drug abuse or alcoholism. You can see fathers abandoning their responsibilities towards their children and breaking up their families. You can see complete identity crisis in our, in our younger generations as there are so many ways this world is broken and the beauty can be deceiving. In fact, Paul uses a word of this current present age that might make some of us uncomfortable. In Galatians chapter one, he says that this current present age is evil. He says, Jesus Christ gave himself for our sins to rescue us from this present evil age. So guys, this is part of the gospel. So not only we've, we've been rescued from our own sin, we've been rescued and saved out of a broken, wicked age. And so when we talk about like John three sixteen, that God so loved the world, right? It, is it because of the scope of how much he loves because he, oh man, his love covers the whole earth, right? And it's true, but is that the point of John 3.16? No. If you look at the context and everything that's happened in John, the point of that passage is because it's so amazing because God loved a world that had set itself in rebellion against him and had rejected him time and time again. Guys, this world is, is crazy broken. This current age 
is crooked. And, and, and you can even see in 2 Corinthians 4.4 4, that, that Paul says that, the, that this present age has Satan as its lower G God. Satan is the God of this age. And you know what he's doing? He's blinding the minds of unbelievers to the beauty of Christ, to the beauty of the new age that Christ is ushering in. They're blinded to it. They're caught up in the beauty, in the deceptive beauty of the world around them. So that's why Paul so steadfastly says you cannot be conformed to this world. We cannot allow this world to squeeze us into its mold. This world can't serve as the model for how we live because its inner nature is not inherently good. Right? Its values, its goals, its loves, its hates are completely antithetical to growth and godliness. And not only that, but isn't this present age passing away? Yes or no? Is it passing away? Yes. What's coming in? A new age in the kingdom of God. So why would we tether ourselves to or try to conform ourselves to things that are not going to last? That would be rather foolish. You know, there's, there's, a, there's a dead guy named uh, John Chrysostom. He's a theologian, uh, wrote incredibly on this passage. And I, I wanted to share it with you. He says this, do not form yourself after the fashion of this present life, for in it there is nothing abiding or stable. And this is why he calls it a fashion, because it has no durability or security, but everything in it is but for a season. So he calls it an age to indicate the liableness to misfortune and by the word, sorry, and by the word fashion, it's unsubstantialness. Speak of riches or of glory or beauty of person or of luxury or of whatever other of its seemingly great things. They are only fashions, not reality. A show and a mask, not any abiding substance. For all of these things, even before they come into the light, are dissolving. If then you throw the fashion aside, you will quickly come to the form because nothing is more strengthless than vice. Nothing so easily wears old. Whew. Guys, this was centuries ago that he wrote this and, and everything that he mentioned, doesn't it just pervade all around us? Like it's, 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 we're constantly being bombarded with all of these things, right? We're to, being told to be conformed to them. Every, almost every form of media, uh, from news to the commercials to the podcasts that we listen to, to, to the latest album released from the, from the most popular artists, like, they tend to be constantly like, drawing us into conformity to this world, right? In fact, your phone is designed for you to do that. Social media is designed for you to be like, hey, come, find out. Right? We hear the wicked whispers of this age just drawing us into conformity, saying, hey, hey, he, here is where beauty really is. Here's, here's what wealth can bring you. Here's what entertainment can make you feel. Here's, here's what charisma really looks like. 
Here's what being satisfied in a relationship truly means. As we're constantly being drawn into that. And, and, and might I add on, on a point of just transparent honesty that, that we have, as the capital C church, allowed a lot of what we do here and how we interact with one another be conformed to how they do out there. So our, our Sunday morning gatherings have become more about entertainment and our programs look more like a quick stop for your car. Come get service and then go out and keep on driving. Our pastors have to dress like they're in a Hollister magazine. Right? They, they, they have to have the intellect of the top CEOs of the day. They have to be more charismatic in their speaking than most of the best speakers on TV. Or else we don't pay attention to them and then we just go watch the ones on the TV. Our buildings, they have to beat the hospitality standards of the local coffee shops. Now again, I'm not saying all of these things are bad things. But we've been too much conformed to what the world values in this place than what Jesus would say, hey, here's how my people should be. We are not to be conformed to this world as a church body and we're not to be conformed to this world as individual beings this present age has some true beauty i promise you it does but it also has a beauty that's very deceptive because its inner nature is broken and we're not to be conformed to it so we're not to be conformed what are we to be transformed we are to be transformed now let's get back to the English now we're not looking at the Greek yet we're back in the English and, and you can see it's the same root but the different prefix and the prefix is trans you guys know what I mean by trans it, it's it, it, what's like transcontinental right trans trans America right translate transgender these things Trans means across or to go over, right? To go above. So we are to be a people who are being formed into something that is higher than this world. Something that is above, something that you can't find down here on the earth, something much greater. And that's the English. Let's learn a little bit of Greek again. So if, if you remember the last Greek word for conformed had a lot to do with the outer appearance of things, but nothing to do with the inner nature, right? This Greek word, the Greek word for transformed has to do with both. It actually talks about the idea that of, of, of what's inside being changed expressed outwardly. So it's talking about the whole person. What is being shaped and molded is happening inwardly that then has natural consequences outwardly. So the whole person, whole nature of their existence is being changed. And the Greek word, you're gonna love this, metamorpho. You wanna say that? One, two, three. Metamorpho. Some of you did really well in science class growing up. 
Some of you didn't, and you still know what this is. What is it? Metamorphosis. What animal or creature goes through that process? Caterpillar to a butterfly. That's why you saw that in that neat little video that Luke put together for us. A caterpillar transforming into a butterfly. So, let's have a little bit of a science lesson. That's pretty, isn't it? That is a what? Caterpillar. I don't know what kind. Some of you probably named the, the, the scientific name for it. Caterpillarius metamorphosis. Whatever. So obviously you can see that its nature is pretty confined. It has a bunch of legs, but, but the only ones that they can actually move are the ones in the front. Those ones in the back don't have any bones to them. And, and so they, they use blood to kind of push themselves forward over and over again. I don't know what that was. That was not a dance move. That's the caterpillar. Copyrighted right here. And, and the only thing that a caterpillar can eat is, is leaves, just lots of greens. It's a good vegetarian, cares about its gut health, gut health apparently. But then there comes this season where, where it starts to shed off some things and it turns into what? You know what this is? A cocoon, a chrysalis, almost the same thing. So it turns into that and, and what's happening in there is its nature is being changed. The nature of its existence because what do we know? After some time, what happens? That is a monarch butterfly. This comes out of that. It's transformed into a butterfly. Guys, a butterfly, did you know, has a totally different digestive tract than a caterpillar. Because it no longer eats the greens, it eats nectar. It drinks in the nectar from flowers. It actually helps start to cross-pollinate. And, and obviously, it has a fewer, fewer legs and, and, and now has what? Wings so that it can fly. So it no longer actually relies on walking to get to places. It flies there. You see, there's, there's a whole transformation that happens inwardly and outwardly. The whole creature is transformed. So that's the Greek word for here in Romans 12 too. Do you know where it else it's used? On the Mount of Transfiguration. When Jesus himself was transfigured or metamorpho he was made to his the existence the nature of his existence drastically changed what happened he started emanating unapproachable light you know when you undergo the process of transformation as a believer we're made into new creatures who shine the light of jesus kind of actually like this so this is my front yard window. And I told you about those sunsets, right? One evening I was just in the living room and I noticed the sun was setting right behind the butterfly. And that was a piece of art that my kids made with my wife. And I thought, you know what? That actually, that actually pictures it really well. We are new creatures emanating the light of Christ within us. You see, we're not to be conformed to this world. We are to be transformed above what's in this world to something higher that lets the light of Jesus shine into this present dark world. So when we talk about this word, be transformed, do you notice, is it talking about a past thing? What's it saying? It's saying, is it happening right now? Should we ought to do it right now? 
Yeah, it's, it's, it's happening right now. It's not in the past tense. It's actually in the present continual, meaning it's something that we're to keep on doing, right? So, so in other words, you and I both know as Christians, there's this point where we are transformed initially, yet we are also being transformed. So here's one big point that I want us to read together. One, two, three. We are a transformed people being transformed. Guys, this is the nature of our identity as Christ followers. So if you, if you have like a, 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 a passport of everything that you are as a follower of Jesus, this should be included in it. I'm a transformed individual being transformed. This is our identity. So yes, there's a sense in which it happened to us as believers in the past. So like Romans 6, 4 would say something like, therefore, we were buried with Christ by baptism into death, not water baptism, but spiritual immersion into Christ in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in that newness of life. We got some wings now, y'all. Right, so, so there's something new about the nature of us. Guys, we, we several weeks ago had the privilege of baptizing our, our new brother, Jerry, right? And, and I got to talk with him earlier uh, this week, and, and, and one of the things that he's saying is that people are coming up, man, something's different about you. I don't know what it is. I'm going to find out, but something's different about you. You've changed. So there's something that happens initially in the believer's life, and we're going to spend, I think it's actually next week, talking all about that. But... But that's not all this is, right? It's a complete change that is yet to be fully completed. Ah! So Paul, who is Paul writing to? You don't have to say Romans. Yes, he is writing to the Romans, but who are they? They are Christians, believers. And he's commanding believers to keep on being transformed above this world and not conformed to this world. So he's commanding believers to continually be being transformed, right? This transformation keeps on happening. It's going on all the time for believers. We're being reshaped and and remolded, renewed into something higher than this world. And guys, this isn't in the active tense in the sense that you're responsible for your transformation. Like you've got to make sure you you can come out a butterfly at the end of the day. No, 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 that's, that's not it. It's actually, it's like a passive thing. So it's not talking about passive aggressive, okay? We're just talking about passive in the sense like, I just sit and receive. Someone else does it for me. Someone else transforms me. We're gonna find out that that's from the Lord. We're just responsible for letting ourselves be transformed. So we're made into new creatures that look different from the world and we're still being remade. in the sense that we are in this present age, but we don't belong to this present age. Amen? We are in this world, but not of it. So what happens is our our, our values are different. Uh, How we think is different. What we celebrate is different. What breaks our hearts is different. What motivates us is different. Honestly, like if, if I could actually just jump into what's currently relevant right now, we're built different. We as believers are totally structured differently than those who are in the world, right? So let me give you an example. And uh, if, if, if this is some of you, I apologize. I don't mean to call you out in any way. 
But, but how many of you freaked out and ran to the gas station this week? No. But what happened? A lot of people did. Right? I mean, we get, we get news that the, 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 the gas is going to be, a, there's going to be a shortage of it. And, and people felt what? They felt panic. Right? They, they, they had a form of anxiety well up within them that, that compelled them to, to, to line up at every pump all across Waynesboro, right? The, 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 I mean, I, I was driving home. It was probably, what, Monday or Tuesday evening? I think it was Tuesday. And, 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 and just passing by gas stations full of people. And, 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 and there were people getting in arguments about it, right? People cutting in front of people. Ugh. There were people putting gas into grocery bags, There were people putting gas into totes. There were people putting gas into laundry baskets that had holes in them. (laughs) I saw this lady who was taking a grocery bag. She only single bagged it. Clearly she didn't, she never worked as a grocery bagger, right? She only single bagged it. It had holes in it. And she finally pulled out a second bag and it had holes in it. So it continued to leak. So she triple bagged it and it finally held weight. Like, anyways, Christians are a different creature entirely. Christians have no reason for anxiety because anxiety, there's no righteous reason for it. Instead of feeling fear and panic and running to the station and fighting with people to get what's ours, no, we as Christians have something happening within us that that, that makes us feel at peace when the chaos starts. And, and, And we care about other people more than ourselves. And we have a resting trust in the God who's sovereign over all of our provision. So that we always have what we need. We're different. We're to be different. We're built different. Why? Well, I'll, I'll give you one passage that I think is going to be on repeat throughout this whole series. Because this is my favorite verse in scripture. And I'm going to personalize it to us in the plural. It says, we have been crucified with Christ We no longer live, but Christ lives in us. And the life we now live in the body, we live by faith in the Son of God who loves us and gave himself for us. Amen? We're a different people, y'all. We're built different. We're structured different internally. Obviously not physically, right? We still have all of our organs intact, unless you had some surgeries recently spiritually, we're different. That's why Peter calls us a holy nation, a royal priesthood. That's why we're on this process that some people call sanctification. Sanctification is a really big word. It means the process of being sanctified. The word sanctified comes from holy, and holy means set apart. We're in the process of being set apart from this world. So we have been transformed and we are being transformed. Inwardly, expressing itself outwardly. 
Not to look anything that's in, like anything that's in this world, but to look like he who has the authority over this whole world. And that's Christ Jesus, our Lord. So with all of this, let me just, let me just kind of push this down into where it can land. And I'm praying that God confirms this for us. So if we are a transformed people being transformed, indicating that we're, 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 we're different, we're we're set apart in some ways. We're, we're not structurally the same. Do you know what this means by nature? It means that we have to be okay with looking different. We have to be okay with being different. We have to be okay with celebrating different things and commending different things. Because that actually... If I can be honest, that runs totally counter to some of the first emotions that you and I ever felt as kids, right? To be different. No, we, we didn't want to stick out. I don't know about you, I didn't. I wanted to blend right in. I wanted to be with it. I wanted to look like everybody else. I don't want to stick out a, like a sore thumb, right? You, 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 you had this inher, in, 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 inherent nature to want to belong to places, and so you conformed yourself to how they acted to look like them, to be like them. No one wanted to stick out. Guys, don't you know that that's why you were so scared to drop your food trays in the cafeteria? Because you know what happens. <laughs> Everybody applauds and points. Or do, you, you know, that's why we get feelings of embarrassment when we can't keep up in gym class because everybody else is doing what, what, what they can do, but we're, we're falling behind. And now we're sticking out. We're, we're different. Or, or that's why it was so embarrassing and, and shameful to be the one who just couldn't get their stinking locker open because the lock just wouldn't open and you're sitting there banging on the door and everybody's pointing at you and laughing or whispering, man, we didn't want to stick out. We didn't want to be alien. We didn't want to be different. We wanted to just blend in. But guys, born again believers have it in their nature to be different. It's part of how we're structured, how we're made new. In other words, you and I can't blend in. And we don't want to either. So we have to ask this question to start everything off as a transformed individual being made into the image of Christ because you're following after Jesus. This is the easiest question that you might hear, but it's the most difficult to process through. Are we willing to be different? Are, are we willing to be different people? Nothing else that we're going to we're, we're, nothing else that we're going to be talking about for the next nine weeks after this will, will will make any sense or will even matter if we're not willing to say yeah yeah I, I want to be different in my nature if, if we're not willing to be different in how in how we love and hate and the things that we feel and the things that we believe like if we're not willing to be different then then we're not going to be transformed we'll just be conformed to this world. So guys, we, we have to ask ourselves, are we willing to be different? Are we willing to not take our marching orders from the world around us? Are, are we willing to not share the same values or the same morality standards as the world, but, but, but to look to something higher, 
to find out where we can truly find human flourishing and goodness? Are we willing to, to not commend to people what the world says is commendable in a person's character, but to yet find the perfect character that this world once saw yet can't offer to us in the person of Jesus? Are we, are we willing to be ones who celebrate or, or, or have our hearts broken by different things than the world does? Here we go. Are we willing to not draw the nature of our identities from the, uh, the, the whimsical attractions that we find within us? Or to find our identities in the social groups that the world tells us that we belong to based on gender or skin color or economic status or fill in the blank, Democrat, Republican. Are we willing to define our identities from our creator who made us? Are we willing to to not take the design of marriage from what the world says feels good and what is more comfortable, but instead what God designed marriage to truly be? Are we willing to not take the model of how we serve those in our community who are in desperate need from how the world or our government says we should serve them and yet take our marching orders in service to the world from he who truly served the world? Are we willing to be different? Because that's what it means to be transformed. We're being formed into something above this world, not found in this world. Are we willing to be different? In other words, are are we willing to be that socially awkward family member who always talks about Jesus around the table? Are are we willing to be kind of that people who the world looks at, man, I know y'all love Jesus. Y'all are just too radical about it. Are we willing to be different? Because we are, by nature as Christians, a transformed people being transformed in every way into something, nothing this world can supply us or model for us, but this world desperately needs so I'll tell you this, that the next few weeks, we're going we're gonna to find out how all of this started. We're going to find out what we're being made into. We're going to find out how it's happening and how we can be involved and, and so much more. But for today, maybe we need to spend some time in confession. Just lamenting to the Lord how we're often finding ourselves drawn to conformity to the world. And it, there's something within us that kind of wants it it's easier or it might taste good for a season maybe we need to confess the, 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 the attractions that we have for this world or the broken desires that we have to be conformed to it or, or, or maybe we just need to spend some time prayerfully going before the father and saying God I, I surrender myself I, I surrender my life over to, to what you desire for me to be inwardly and outwardly I don't care what the world says I should be. God, you define who I am. You've remade me and you're remaking me. 
Or maybe you're in here and you've not experienced the transforming power of the gospel of Jesus Christ who gave himself up for us to bring us back to God. And you're realizing that you've spent so much time in this world finding it to be only deceitfully beautiful, leading to destruction, and you're wanting to find new life in Christ today. You don't don't have to leave today without it. You can find it in Jesus and find transformation by faith alone. We hope this message helps you multiply faithful followers of Jesus Christ. For more information about our church, please visit waynesboroughfm.com.